Hear these words. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Yesterday, here in America, we celebrated Independence Day. But as I was preparing for this morning, it occurred to me that in other countries, July 4th is just another day. And so I wonder what is the message for the church with regard to independence and freedom and identity? Anybody in England that goes to church needs to know their identity in Christ. Anybody in Africa that attends church needs to know their identity in Christ, not their identity in the United States of America, and so on and so on throughout the world. Currently, we are living in some very challenging times. As we are seeking ways to heal from the effects of a global pandemic, each of us has had to respect, react and respond to its effects. We have been isolated, we have been frontline workers. We have had our workload and responsibilities change in ways we would not have necessarily chosen. We have learned new ways of communicating. We have all had our rhythm of life changed. Additionally, we are seeing protests and riots associated with racism and the call for social justice. We are bombarded with political mudslinging. We are challenged about who to believe and when to believe them. 
Our society and our identities feel threatened and we are inclined to take offense and want to fight back and make things right, or at least by our definition of right. You know, everybody should think the way I think. Everybody should do the things the way I do them. Everybody should be offended by the things that offend me. We want unity, but we want unity as defined by me and my people. On this weekend of national celebration of Independence Day in the United States of America, we are reminded of our rights as we interpret them through our Constitution. I find myself wondering, though, what does God's word have to say about this pursuit of individual rights? What does it say about our focus on differences and who the better Christian is? What does God have to say about our identity? What I find is that it has nothing to do with the earthly ways of identification. Our ethnicity, our jobs, our political affiliation, or our opinions. Our scriptures today remind us of our identity as the body of Christ. We find answers to these questions. Who are we? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how can we do our best? Are we practicing using our voices for good and for building up? Let's look at the first passage. In Christ Jesus, you are all children of God by faith. All, not just a few, not just some. And not children of an earthly parent, but rather children of God. And all of this by faith, not by works. And then Paul goes on to write that um, we are baptized into Christ. Now here in the Church of the Brethren, we practice full immersion baptism. And so you go under the water totally and come back, back up. You are fully immersed. Now imagine being fully immersed in Jesus Christ. We go deep when we are baptized and we continue to reflect on our baptism. Imagine going to the swimming pool in this hot weather here in this particular area and some of you might gather around and stick your toes in the shallow end. Some of you may wade in up to your knees and some of you may decide to just dive right off the diving board into the deep end. In Paul's writing today and Peter, they are saying, dive in deep. You are part of God's people. Dive in. You were baptized. You've already been in the waters. Stay in the water and stay in the deep water. You are all one and you belong. We are fellow citizens. We're not supposed to be looking at whether we're citizens of this church, citizens of that church, citizens of this community, citizens of that community, county or state, country, but in the church, the body of Christ, we are fellow citizens. We are members of God's household. You are part of God's family if you are part of God's household. And this house is built on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Each of you is a brick that is being built up into a temple that is honoring and full of God's spirit. I grew up in a large household. 
There were six children. There were three boys and three girls, and our age span was 18 years. Togetherness was not always what it was cracked up to be, or at least that's how I felt when I lived there. My sister would wear my clothes without asking. There was a rush on the food when groceries were brought home. There was less of a rush when the 1.5 acres of grass needed mowed or the dishes needed hand washed. But there were also good times of celebration when we had birthdays, picnics, and especially for our family, Thanksgiving. Our family has grown through marriage and births. I have 15 nieces and nephews and 14 great nieces and nephews and one great, great nephew. We live in different communities in Pennsylvania as well as some other states. In all of this spreading out, we are still members of the Clark family, my maiden name. And at Thanksgiving, as many as can gather around the table or tables in love, we often have about 30 or more people gathered. There have been changes over the years with opinions about paper or washable plates, veggies roasted or with sauce, in the bird or out of the bird stuffing, only pumpkin pies or a smorgasbord of desserts. And since my parents passed on, whether to have it at a brother's house or at a niece's house, we always have a Clark Thanksgiving with the usual family heckling, hugs, and hoopla. And in the legacy of my mother, all are welcome, even if you don't have Clark blood and it's the last minute. In today's world, we are so focused on finding dividing lines, to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, to support this politician or to support that politician, to watch this news broadcast or that news broadcast, to dine out or to dine in, to join a movement or not to join a movement. We are often defined by which we choose, and we are identified by those particular choices. We have forgotten that there's a person beneath those labels. God's way is different. First Peter says, you are chosen. What's it like to be chosen for something? Something that your heart desires, a place where you belong, a place where you are loved. You are chosen by God. And being chosen, you have a high calling. You have a purpose. And all of us together make up a holy nation. Our values, our principles are based on holiness and God's righteousness. Church, we must consider our choices and our interactions because it is those things, that identity as the chosen with the high calling as part of a holy nation that we are given purpose so that we may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. That is our purpose as members of the body of Christ, as the faith family. Eugene Peterson's message says, we are God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference he made or makes for you. What was your darkness 
And how does he light up your world? It's not through condemnation and oppression. It's not through judgment. It's through love and mercy. As God's chosen, holy, and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. Clothe yourselves. What kind of clothing? Well, clothing can be an expression of who you are. Clothing can help identify a person. It can also be used as a status symbol. The latest labels in fashion are important to some people because it gives an appearance of fitting in or sticking out from the rest. Uniforms, in particular, can indicate who you work for, what school you attend, or what service you provide. A construction worker often wears a safety vest and hat. The doctor wears a white coat. Food service workers wear hats or hairnets and gloves. Athletes wear specific gear in specific colors. The clothing Paul writes about, though, has nothing to do with fabric, trends, or roles. This clothing has to do with our hearts and our minds. And we who are followers of Jesus need to clean out our spiritual wardrobes on a daily basis. Our clothing must have one label, and that should be love. We need to get rid of shaming, slander, malice, impatience. We cannot succumb to the worldly power-driven desires of greed, envy, and hate. We cannot justify mean, accusatory, hurtful words as Jesus inspired. Yes, Jesus addressed matters of great concern, but his focus was not on winning an argument, but rather on proclaiming the kingdom of God. Jesus drew his strength from regular quiet times in prayer, but also spent time with people in everyday settings. He sat on the hillside to preach and teach. He welcomed questions from those seeking to know more about the kingdom. He gathered with others around a table, around a campfire, and wherever people were living their lives. His life and message became a movement through relationships and self-sacrificing love. Yes, he confronted evil. Yes, he confronted powers not ordained by God. But his message was to always point people to God's holiness and righteousness. He encouraged people to seek the kingdom first. In his last time with the disciples before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remain in me. Make your dwelling in me as I make my dwelling in you. And then his command, love each other as I have loved you. Jesus knew that love from his Father in heaven was where his identity began and ended. He belonged and he had purpose. He did not get sidetracked by earthly power plays and arguments. Our source of power must be the one who gives us our identity. We are called to honor God and one another. Church, we are part of the family of Jesus. Like any family, we will have times of disagreements, 
Like any human, you and I will have moments of selfishness and offense. Just a little earlier in the Colossians passage, Paul puts it like this, though. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Love pulls it all together. Let the peace of Christ rule. You were called to one peace, not a variety of opinions and selfish desires. What does the world see when they look at Christians, when they look at you, when they look at me? Do they see and experience the one piece, or do they see all the lines of division? Let the message of Christ dwell among you and be thankful. What are the songs of our household of faith? Are they songs of gratitude, encouragement, and building one another up in Jesus? Or are they songs of opinion, complaint, and selfishness? I know that we are not able to gather physically to sing together, but we all sing songs with our lives. Think holy thoughts. Make sure your actions and words are a song of God's mercy and compassion, of understanding, of grace and truth. The truth of Jesus began with God who loved the world. That's abundant grace and a song to sing. Paul concludes with whatever you do, whether in word or deed, whether in Facebook posts, Snapchats, emails, Zoom calls, etc., do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You have your identity in Christ. You are chosen, you are holy, and part of one family. Live your lives so that others know who you are and whose you are. Amen.